You're now listening to Adulting with Vicky. It's a coming-of-age podcast about millennials navigating adulthood. I'll talk about anything from life after college to bridging generational gaps, social media, and most importantly, being your best self. Join me, Vicky Wynn, as I figure out how to be an adult. What's up, guys? Before we jump into this week's topic on adulting with Vicky, I want to give a huge thank you to FemiKit for sponsoring this episode. I want to ask you guys, how many times do you think about the plastic you use every day? Whether it crosses your mind often or not at all, our choices impact the earth and other people more than we realize, and it's up to us to make smart buying decisions. FemiKit teaches you how to do that through zero waste, one step at a time. You can live happier and healthier through their environmentally friendly and ethical products, guaranteed. For more info, check out their website and get your own zero waste kit at femikit.com. That's F-E-M-I-K-I-T dot com. Now, let's get into this week's episode. So something that I noticed with a lot of people in my major when I was graduating college and everything is that a lot of us are interested in pursuing jobs in the entertainment industry or just a bunch of different creative roles. A struggle that a lot of us have is trying to pay the bills, but chase our passions and chase these huge aspirations of ours. And it can be really challenging to figure out that balance and network with people and just figure out like what type of job would make you happy because it's not easy for us to just graduate college and be a director already. Or is it? A really good friend of mine from college is here with us today to talk about kind of what she went through post-grad and going into the industry. Hey Vicky. Hey everyone. My name is Ayana. Um, I'm from Oakland. I am about to be 24 tomorrow and I am a storyteller. I recently just made my first short film and I'm just out here trying to adult just like <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more about your film? Mm-hmm. So what I just did was a short film. It's only 10 minutes long and it's a slice of life. It's a genre short film that follows a young couple, Layla who's 18 and Andre who's 22, as they just learn some of the lessons of growing up and falling in love and what that means and what is healthy love? What does that look like and how do we learn it? So yeah, it was my first stab at it. I entered it into a film festival, an independent film festival that I work with and we got a few awards. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. Wait, which awards were they? Um, so there's two phases, and if you're a new and experienced filmmaker, you're automatically in phase one. So we won the Audience's Choice Award, so just an overall award. And then we also came out with Best Acting and Outstanding Original Musical Score. So that was really awesome. Yeah, and the person who actually did the music uh-huh. went to UC Riverside, too. Oh, He was seriously? a couple years behind us, but yeah. Oh, wow. So I feel like it's probable that a lot of people in the audience really, really kind of related to your film. So how did how did that story come about? Like, how did you come up with the storyline itself? Well, I had been wanting to write a short film for probably six months, and I was going through ideas left and right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, making a film, making anything is a commitment. So you want to do something you care about, and you know you're going to want to, like, work on for a long time. Yeah. And I ca- couldn't really find anything, and I was out just talking to a friend, and we were just talking about, like, things we did when we were growing up in high school and coming out of high school and relationships, whatever that looked like back then. And I told her a story and she was like, that's nuts. And that story isn't what ended up being Ride or Shine, but it was kind of the springboard. And I was learning just in my own personal journey of growth.
growth, just about like self-worth and what does that mean? What happens when you put that in someone else? How do you put that in someone else? Because we never realize when we're losing our self-worth, we only realize when we've lost it. And so I just started writing and just from talking to friends and things, this is just kind of what came out of it. So a big theme of it is self-worth in itself? Yeah, it's about self-worth and um, I guess just recognizing what that kind of looks like, right? Like when we don't have our self-worth. What was a turning point where you started to think about your self-worth? What was going on in your life around that time? I think it was about a year after graduating college and there was just a lot of like old friendships, relationships that either had to shift or I had to let go of and things that I cared about, but it was very clear they weren't necessarily healthy in my life. And it was just making that choice of like, do we move forward without some of these things, without some of these people in places, because that's what's best for me in my journey? Or do I stay in this place of like holding on to something and wanting to keep something around, even though it won't be good? And so when I found myself having to make that decision over and over and over again in a really short period of time, I was like, hold up, this is like a wake up call. So what's this? And so, um, yeah, I decided to put it in a film. Wow. I mean, And I don't know if this is because both you and I went to UC Riverside, but we're from the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. For me, I felt like when I finished college, I had to make a lot of those decisions about friendships, too, because Mm -hmm. it's really convenient to stay close to the people and go in your comfort zone, even if it's not the healthiest for you. Was moving back to the Bay kind of one of those wake up calls for you? Yeah, I mean, it was just all around. It was it was a lot of that. It was, you know, you go somewhere for four years or mm-hmm. however many years and you come back and things are not just going to be exactly the same. Everybody's different. We've all grown and changed. Um, and then even just, you know, college is like a little bubble. Yeah. So even some of the relationships and friendships you form there are not necessarily ones that are going to be healthy in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they are. A lot of times they are. But sometimes they're not. So it was just kind of like figuring out how to make this transition from like fake life I guess to real life I don't know <laughs> yeah, not like fake our, life but. it's more of um the life that we find is ideal because exactly. it's easy to create your bubble and put people in your life that will give you that fake reality that oh everything's fine mm-hmm. everybody like loves me and everything is perfect that I'm doing like it's great to have cheerleaders in your life but you also need those people who are going to be real with you give you the wake-up call and tell you hey you are not being yourself or you're fucking up or something like that and you know I think that's what it is yeah it's it's balance and sometimes too it's not even that person saying it but it's certain situations you might find yourself in and it's like you know if there's a friend and you guys have been really close and you find yourself butting heads with that person over the silliest things it might not be either person it just may be that dynamic can't exist in this new reality that you two are living in or just life right when certain things you wanted to do certain habits or practices you did all the time no longer suit your everyday life now it's like okay it's time to grow up um yeah what does that look like so so when you were realizing that hey I need to grow up I'm done with school what made you say okay I'm gonna go into directing and writing and all of this stuff like did you come out of college knowing that you wanted to do that or did it kind of fall in your lap it's kind of like everything in my life Mm -hmm. led up to that moment and Mm -hmm. I think I don't really know how I made the decision of like, okay, I'm going to write and direct. It just kind of happened. Um, in college, I we had a major at UCR called Media and Cultural Studies, yeah. which was really broad. So there was a lot of film studies and art studies and music studies, but there was no filmmaking. Yeah. Well, that's not true. There was one class. but <laughs> <laughs> Again, one class. Right, which is like we have one class of a lot of things. So yeah. 
For me, it was that I was going into like the nine to five career world. Mm-hmm. I was in the nonprofit sector, but not in corporate, but still nine to five. Um, and being like, this is not what I've seen myself doing. Like I've known there's something that I'm supposed to be doing here in this world. And this isn't necessarily it. Not that there's anything wrong with what I was doing, but I just knew there was something more. So I spent like probably six to nine months, like looking like a fool being like, Hey, you're doing something cool and creative. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I, what can I do for you? Um, and then at one point I realized like, Ayana, hold on. You've done so many internships. You've been working since you were a teenager. You've done all these things that you've, whatever. You don't have to like ask people, Hey, can I do this? Just find out what you want to do and do it. I'd always done like theater and performance as a kid. Mm-hmm. I've always loved writing. I was just always heavy into performance and even like makeup and hair. I'd been on sets before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, my whole life I wanted to do makeup and hair. So I found myself on like photo shoot sets and music video sets. So there were these little, all these little things that come together that you use in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I'd been a director of events before. Yeah. So all those things, it just kind of, when I looked at the pieces, two plus two equals four, and that's kind of what It makes sense. Exactly. I relate on so many levels mm-hmm. with that. Like, you and I, like, yes. we joke about being on the same wavelength and yes. stuff. And it's because, you know, it's right. It's like, so many things we do in life, if we just back up and look at the bigger picture and we're looking at what we're doing now, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you with all your storytelling and always being in performing arts and all this stuff, hair, makeup, and then for me, it's like I've always loved media, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And once I started doing this podcast and everything, it just made sense. It clicked. Like, seeing you do this, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, of course, (laughs) this is what she's going to be awesome at. Like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. When you even just decided that you were going to make this happen, Mm -hmm. how did you find your community to do this? You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm really big into, like, old sayings, like, grandma Mm -hmm. sayings. And one thing that, like, we always say is, like, closed mouth doesn't get fed, right? So it was just somebody I was working, and she was, like, a career changer. She had worked in media and was going into the nonprofit sector. I was in a nonprofit wanting to go into media, and I just asked her, like, hey, what is there here in the Bay? I just moved back. And she was like, oh, I heard about this group. I don't know much about it. It's called Scary Cow, and it's an independent film co-op where everybody kind of, like, pitches, and you're, you're all members of this organization, and you help each other make your films. And I showed up and I spent about a year just kind of like learning because I'd been on sets, but not film sets. I hadn't like, I didn't know what goes into making a film. It's Mm -hmm. different than reading a book about it or watching a YouTube video. So I just was like, hey, I want to help. Like, what can I do to help? And just tried to meet as many people and ask as many questions and get on as many different projects. So then like a year later, when it came time for me to pitch my film, I pitched it, and luckily, people were receptive to my ideas and wanted to help out. So I was able to find my entire, for the most part, my entire crew through that community. It's like an independent film co-op, so worked out. So how much time, on average, would you say you spend working with this community and helping other people with their projects and everything? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I think... I don't know. It really just depends. There would be times where I'd be super, super busy and like every single weekend I was waking up at like six in the morning to go work on a project and go do things like that. And then after work, because um, I, I have a full time day yeah. job as well, after work, like going and do like location scouts. And then there are times where I'm like, I need a break and I won't do it for like a month. But once I started to work on my project, I was trying. My goal was to do something every day, which even if it was the smallest thing in the world, was to do something every day. So it, it took me eight months to do the whole thing. 
Wow. And so in that time, like, you know, you have a full-time job and you're working on your project and mm-hmm. you're working on your film after your whole day, you did it on the weekend. So did you ever feel burnt out? Like, what did oh, yeah. you do about that? All the time. Um, shout out to YouTube for like those little like 10 minute meditation videos. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like there would be times when like I would just be sitting there and I'd be like, I just want to scream and not because I was like unhappy or anything, but just because I'm like, I have so much to do. You're I don't even know. Yeah. Like, where do you start? Where do you stop? Like, yeah. What's up? Like, when do you go to bed? You know, like you don't have someone telling you like work's done here. So I would just like always like regroup and be like, girl, it is not that serious. Like, <laughs> it'll get done. Nobody is making you do this. You're doing this because you want to do it. So keep wanting to do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And something that you and I talked about the last time we hung out was mm-hmm. that it's hard to separate your passion projects with me time because it's easy to mix it up and be like, well, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing my projects for me, right? So if I like work on it really hard, that's me time. But no, that's separate work. That's more work. So you have to have time to relax and decompress from everything in addition to working and in addition to your passion projects too. And I think too, especially as like creatives, we can sometimes use our like passion products or products, passion <laughs> projects as like escapism almost mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm just going to dive into this and like whatever. And then I'm like, this isn't self-care. Like, it's great that yeah. I'm doing this, but I still need to, like, recharge from this as well, from mm-hmm. this film project. I mean, honestly, like, I remember after you told me that, I was like, oh, that's a light bulb. No, <laughs> why? Like, I could have been a little less stressed during this project, but it's a learning curve, all of it. Yeah, it's just we have to realize that our mind gets exhausted, yeah. especially if you're using, at least for me, the same part of your brain over and over mm-hmm. and again. And so for creatives, like if you're working on this one project and you keep thinking about it, it's mm-hmm. so easy to miss something that might be so obvious right. that you have to get done. And so it's good, you know, regroup, think about the bigger picture all over again. And so for you, like, did you have friends or family or were, was it your crew who kind of got you through it emotionally too? Honestly, no. I mean, it's like everybody was supportive, Mm -hmm. but I think the thing is, is like nobody in my family, none of my friends are trying to be filmmakers, right? Yeah. So most of them like are going for pretty secular jobs and careers. Mm -hmm. So people, while they do understand the stress and, and a lot of people don't understand the stress of like, well, just don't do it. Like nobody's making you do this. And for me, it's not that simple. Yeah. Like, it feels like my whole life is writing on what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, no. But I think the fact of not having someone to be like, whatever, who understood the struggle, I guess. Yeah. It, it made me want to do it more because it was like, okay, but once I do it, people will see it and then I'll be able to have more of a community who does understand. I don't know. It was just one of those things of like, this is something I want to do and I just need to figure out how to do it, which means I need to figure out how to do it in the least stressful way possible. I yeah. need to. I don't really have a blueprint. I don't really have an example, which is really awesome because I can do what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about it like that. And I'm so happy that you think about it that way because it's so easy for somebody who doesn't know how to even approach their project to right. just give up and be like, I don't know where to start, so I don't think I can. Yeah, and like to be honest – Paying attention to just everything. I remember when I was going to go pitch the project, I was so nervous. And I'm not a nervous public speaker. Like, Yeah, I'm you're natural not at it. <laughs> at all. So, like, but for some reason, I was, like, on BART, and I missed my 
like stop on purpose oh. and like I was like and then like this Kendrick Lamar verse started playing oh my God. and he was like I curved the whispers you know what the risk is and I was like yes these are just the whispers that don't want me to take this risk so like I don't know listening to little songs because I really believe things happen for a reason and oh, at yeah. the right time so like things if you just notice like you know what that's not just a motivational song that's for me right here in this moment yeah and I'm like so like to be honest a lot of rappers were my motivation nice. <laughs> doing this so yeah Top one? Who's your um, J. Cole. Uh, oh, right. Everybody, of course, yeah, J. Cole. Everybody. Yeah. I feel like I knew that about you, like, in college already, too. I feel like a lot of people know that about me before they even know me. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, weren't you planning on getting a J. Cole tattoo? Something. I still want to get something. Was it but, the crown? Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I think we talked about yeah. this in, like, art or something. Yeah, we had, we took, so fun fact, we took this art installation mm-hmm. class. I think our senior year mm-hmm. together, it was such a fun class. It was really awesome. Yeah. Vicky's projects were always dope. <laughs> I followed our professor on Instagram because I went to see his art. And so this guy, he's he is so talented. Yeah. But he is also one of those, like, he seems very to himself and mm-hmm. bitter about society. Yeah, about everything. Yeah. But, I mean, is that a true artist thing? Maybe? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Like, he was very critical of everything, but... I learned a lot, I think, yeah. in class. Yeah. When he did compliment what we did, I felt like it was real. Yeah, you felt like you earned it. You, yeah. You definitely felt like you earned it. None of us were artists, so he didn't really like us. So. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's like, um, we can totally just sit down and analyze a music video right now, right. but we cannot build you a sculpture. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> So, how do you think that your story for your film contributes mm-hmm. to what's going on in the entertainment industry? Oh, wow. Um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I think just simply, I me, mean, I'm a black woman, obviously, so just, like, me, the idea of making a film for me, I think the fact that I felt I could do it is part of it is because I have so many examples right now um, that are celebrated and things like that. So I feel like we're in this renaissance area, but I also felt like I had permission to write about anything I wanted to write about, right? Like I could throw the craziest thing up there. And as long as it came from a place of like authenticity and truth and wanting to do something good, it would have been okay. I think that the story, I mean, not so spoiler alert, it deals with like, um, pregnancy is it unwanted or is it not Mm -hmm. and so I think that especially being in a time where like women's reproductive rights are on the line yeah I think that this story it puts you in a place of understanding why someone may or may not make some of the decisions that they would whether you agree with it or not you don't have to but the film just kind of says like okay this is how this person got there I don't know how I feel about their choices but this is how they got there yeah so I think it adds to that on on a couple levels and then I think from a technology standpoint of where we are, I think it speaks to the fact that, like, anybody can make a film, right? Even yeah. if it's not super, super quality, 4K, all this stuff. Yeah. Anybody can make a film. We can do it on our iPhones. I mean, like, I was communicating with our DP by, like, taking screenshots and circling them on Snapchat. And, nice. Like, you know, like, we can do it. So I think right now it's a really cool place to, like, want to make any sort of media because we can all do it yeah we all will be at different places but we can all do it you know no yeah I totally get that and I do love that we have the freedom to do it and at the same time I don't know if you feel this way but there are just so many people in the space because of that too Mm -hmm. 
Is it a competitive thing that worries you or is it more of like a celebrated thing? For me, I feel like there's enough room in the world for everyone to succeed, right? And there's a community of people and when we're all genuinely trying to go for something, like not just for the superficial fame or whatever, but because we have something important to say. Yes, Ollie, you agree. Thank you. (laughs) It's like when you have something so important to say, it is really good to have all these different types of media. Yeah, I think that, yeah. So I think that's interesting. I was talking to a friend recently who's going into acting about the like, is it, do you ever feel competitive? And Mm -hmm. the answer for me is no, because I think I know why I'm doing what I want to do. And I don't know if there's anybody on this earth who has that same exact thing as me. Like they have something, we can all want to be filmmakers. Do we all want to do it for the same reason? No. So we were all given that like mission when we came on this planet. Mm -hmm. So like you said, there's enough room for us all as long as we're doing it, like I said, from a place of authenticity and just trying to be ourselves in it. I think that it's a place, I mean, in terms of like, the entertainment industry, I just hope it's not a plateau. Like we're in this really raw place where doors are open and they need to be open for, like, more people. Mm-hmm. Like, when we talk about, like, diversity in the entertainment industry, it's often a black and white issue, but it's not. So it's like, like I said, I was able to say, like, I can see examples of myself being celebrated as black women filmmakers. Okay, cool. Like, let's bring in more people. Let's bring in other colors. Let's bring in other gender identifications. Like, all these other things we have to keep going. And I, so I feel like it's really dope because, like, I don't know, you just, I, it feels like you get to be, even someone as small as me who's literally just getting started mm-hmm. and, like, figuring out, you feel like you get to be a part of this, like, new wave of, like, media or creativity of just, like, putting our stories out there yeah. and, like, without limits and just being true. Yeah, yeah it's like, we've we've always had a voice, but now we're finally being handed a microphone. Yeah, exactly. And, or we're just learning how to, like, be like, okay, how do I go get that microphone for myself? Cool, now you guys get to listen because I have the microphone. Yeah, it's like creating your own opportunity because you know obviously we can't be passive and hope that it comes to us like things do happen for a reason but they happen for a reason if you set yourself up yeah for it and like oprah always says luck is just opportunity meets preparation Mm, so yeah so it's like if opportunity comes you can say someone is like lucky as they want well if you're not prepared when that opportunity comes what is going to happen yeah it's going to go to someone else who did prepare yeah so i just try to you know look at it like that Yeah, so your film was done. Mm -hmm. It's screened Mm -hmm. already. So what's next with that film? So with this film, I mean, I'm going to do another screening in Oakland. The last one was in San Francisco. So I want to do another one with hopefully two other films or about that in Oakland. So I'm going to do that. And then we're going to see. I mean, this was such a learning project. I hadn't, I didn't even think about too much. What are we going to do with this film? I didn't know how it was going to turn out, if it, if it was going to be good, if it, whatever. So I'm going to do that, but I want to try and apply to a couple of film festivals. Everybody will be able to use it for their reel who worked on it and just continue and do things like that. And then afterwards, once all those things are said and done, of course, it'll be online and people will be able to enjoy it. Awesome. So do you have any other projects that you're working on right now? Yeah, so, I mean, I am wrapping some things up in Scary Cow. There's one story that's really cool. It's called San Francisco Stories, and it's a bunch of short films put together that are threaded together to kind of make its own feature story. Mm -hmm. So that's really awesome. I was able to do some production design and wardrobe on that. I don't know if I can say, but, like, Vicky and I are hoping to (laughs) cook something up. And then, yeah, so that, and then I'm going to hopefully just try and continue and go on to the next step for my career and continue to learn learn more, apply to school, and continue learning even more, and just, you know, go on to the next steps. I think it's so crazy 
to see what you're doing right now because I mean I knew you since college and mm -hmm. so you know I we were walking from that art installation class being like so what are we doing after graduation yeah. and you're talking about like going into event planning possibly or yeah. event production and then for me I was I really didn't know <laughs> <laughs> what the hell I would be doing but I think it's so great to see what's possible and what we're yeah. doing and man like what would you have told your like college self like if reflecting on you know being stressed with what you're gonna do post-grad or even just what's out there this is something I always heard mm -hmm. growing up and I think it's kind of what I'm living through is do what you love and the many will come if you do it well mm -hmm. and I think like I kind of did do that in college but that's what scared me it's like I'm over here taking classes about the relationship of politics and West African dance and like like how am I gonna get a job with that but yeah. like I can make a film about that, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? So it's like, not to take things so seriously, because it'll always come together if we do it from a place of like, wanting to pursue our passions or whatever. Yeah, yeah not to take it seriously, one day at a time. Cause, and, and that you have permission to change. So if oh, I yeah. wanted to be an event planner yesterday, and I want to be a film director today, who cares if people look at me crazy? Like, I can do whatever I want. This is my life, and I'm responsible for that. And I think that's the main thing. You know, I actually really, really love that you said that because we're all multifaceted people. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you're going to have more than one passion. Right. I mean, we you are lucky if you at least have one passion because mm -hmm. some people, are, you know, are searching and they don't know what they're passionate about. But if you have multiple passions, you are so lucky because that is multiple different roads that you can go through, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. at the same time, it's like, Okay, it's scary because then you don't know which one to do because you feel like you have too many options. But that's what our age is for. Right. You know, in perspective, we're in our mid-20s. I know. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, we're in our mid-20s, but that means we have a lot of time to try out different things. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, like I tried out graphic design for a little bit, and then I switched and like did something else, and now I'm doing this. You know, there are so many different things you can do just because you change your mind, it doesn't mean that you gave up on something. Mm -mm. I think it builds into your work ethic and your knowledge. Because, for instance, you know how to do hair and makeup, but you're directing. You know how to tell someone else, like, what right. you're expecting. Right. And I think it's, like, that's a good point. Because I think it's also important to realize, as creatives, as if you're entrepreneurial-spirited, that usually it's all coming from the same place anyways. Like, when, you know, we both danced, right? Like, mm -hmm. getting up there and wanting to dance, is that it's coming from the same place of, like, expressing a story through music in my body of, like, another way. Or, you know, it's all, it's usually coming from the same place and just having mediums, you know, like, artists usually, they might be a painter, but they mm -hmm. can still work with charcoal or like, spray paint. Like, they don't just box themselves in. And it's the same thing, I think, in anything else. Yeah, and we don't have to decide. We don't have to, as long as, I think we just have to decide to do what makes us happy or, like, live out our purpose. And that's really the only decision we have to make. And then everything else won't really be a decision. It'll just be a part of who we are. Yeah. It's like, don't constrain yourself to be in a box. Yeah. Because that's what will limit you. And you're usually the person putting yourself there. No one yeah. else is. Really, no one else is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Every time we talk, it's like a cathartic thing for Honestly, me. I'm always walking away with, like, gems, like, yeah. always like, oh, goodness gracious, this is great. No, I mean, honestly, it's it's something it's, I'm sure you know, with, like, the podcast and with the book and just with everything, it's like, you feel like sometimes you don't know what you're doing, but for some reason you know, like, there's something here, I'm supposed to be doing this. And there's some gratitude, or gratification, I mean, and gratitude, I guess, that comes with that, and just being able to be like, okay, we're going to see where this goes. Yeah.
Yeah. You're so right with the whole roots thing because there was this TED talk I listened to a long time ago. It said, for some people, it doesn't matter what your job function is. Mm-hmm. For you, it matters the type of person you get to be, right. which is why you could jump industries or like jobs right. or whatever, but still get to have that fulfillment by doing something completely different. Yeah. And so that's so important. And I really urge like anybody who's in college or like post-grad or, you know, even if you don't go to college and you don't know what you want to do, like just try everything. Yeah. And I would say live life. Like the first time someone called me a storyteller was an old roommate of mine. And it was because, you know, you're in college and you talk about your life at home. Yeah. And so then she, and she was from Southern California. And so I brought them to like the Bay and they saw my life at home. And she was like, oh my goodness, Ayana, everything came to life. Exactly how you told your stories. Like, and they used to make fun of me because I was always like, one time this happened and one time that happened. (laughs) And she was like, you're such a good storyteller. And that was like three or four years ago. And I remember like she had written it in a birthday card reading like, okay, so like, what am I going to do? Like, what does that mean though? Like as a storyteller? And now here I am, like, four years later being like, okay, you guys. I am a story. Like, you can say it with confidence, which is so, it is so great to see, like, the joy in your face when you're saying that. And Mm -hmm. I just really hope that so many other people can find that, too, because there's a sense of, like, self-love, too, when you can honestly say that you are so happy with what you're doing and, Mm -hmm. like, grinding every day and stuff. Because it's like, Simon Sinek said this, he was like, working hard for something you don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something you love is called passion. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's too, it's a misconception that like when you're working on these passion projects that you don't feel like you're working because a lot of times you do feel like you're working. I feel like I'm working. Right. You feel like you're working. It's just worth it, right? Even even if the it that it's worth is not much, it's Mm -hmm. just worth it. But it definitely feels like work. It's just work you want to do. It doesn't feel like empty or draining, you know? So yeah, it's pretty cool. Ah, man, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and just talking about all of this. Like, you give me life just talking about this. No, like, you I give me life. We always, our conversations always are just. It's just. Everything. I just love them. I just love <laughs> them. And I'm so glad that we're going to have more coming up. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, do you have any last words that you want to say to the listeners? Just to stay true to you and you can keep up with Writer Shine, the short film on facebook.com slash Writer Shine short. And that's all. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for going on the show, guys. I will talk to you next week. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that episode of Adulting with Vicky. Audio engineering by Rogelio Aranador. Intro remix courtesy of Shadow. Find him at lshadow, S-H-D-W on Instagram. And feel free to contact me at hello.victoriadnguyen at gmail.com. Tune in next week, guys. Bye.